force had taken us. We were separated from our family. As time went on, we were subjected to reprogramming of our DNA and cells, making us more humanoid. everybody we're going into neil breen territory we got to be thinking today for, for major brain damage if you good call if you are not ready for some mind-bending shit this isn't the episode for you i'm sorry are we recording we're recording right now I, I this is a that. good warning for everybody though because this is a, this is a very high High intelligence. Yeah, you have to. Ar- artificial, you, you could say. You have to have at least an IQ of 130 to even understand this. Uh, yeah. Maybe a little bit of that synthetic uh, brain power I've been hearing about, synthetic intelligence. You might need some of that, too. Griff is exciting because this is uh, March Mermanness. <laughs> I like that. We're going to be celebrating us all month long. Month of Merm- Huge Griff. movies. Not only that, you're going to get in our heads. In our heads? We're going to have some special tippy taps that are very personal to us this month. Look for uh, mine this coming Sunday. Oh, yeah. You been you heard us talk about it last week. Everyone's yeah. showing up for, for Superfly. No one show up for the Mac. Yeah, fuck you. Everybody. That's great. Yeah, especially when they heard that that was, one of you, like, that was your guy. I know. That's why they did this fucking Everyone's shit. Everyone's got a dog on you. So yeah. I guess we, we can um, just say right now that that tippy tap, my tippy tap's going to fail, man. Yeah, we nobody can. nobody ever comes out for me. I come out for everybody. I support everybody. You're the heel, man. People yeah. just want to see you fail. I'm the baby face. Everyone yeah. wants to see me succeed. I'm the kale to your Cade. Exactly. I got to tell you... Uh, I've bet I I made some great money. I found out about a niche betting market. We're familiar with furries, right? Unfortunately, yeah. Well, they do live action races, like the ones who like to dress as horses. This makes me so nauseous. And so I realized that my bookie will actually take bets on that. I got the inside track on all of them. So I was just dropping hundreds and thousands of dollars. Are they only horses or can you come as like a camel or uh, they a They do have like a wacky race where every oh. animal can be involved. I don't bet on that because that's a crapshoot. You don't know. Always bet on the tortoise. You. That's a good call. The tortoise did not win this race, though, because the tortoise was busy in the bathroom. I don't know what he was up to. I don't want to know what he was up to. (laughs) You don't go to the bathroom. You cath it up. By the way, if you haven't cathed it up already, you're in for a long one. Yeah. So get that cath up. You're prepared to have your mind blown. So on my horse races, my live-action furry horse races, I had the inside track. I got all my big bets in. So Murray... I was able to have Mattingly buy us a new fucking little desk jockey, a little person to do all the work for us. So people may have been noticing 
the last three days, a show, a, a, a YouTube contest. Has I know. Gone I up. noticed. I was shocked by that one. And that's going to continue for the next like month and a half, all because of my winnings. That's all because of my gambling addiction. Wow. Because yeah, Lord knows we've got a huge audience of bots on uh, YouTube. But yeah, they never comment. I rarely hope, give a thumbs up. I hope that woman who told us to get a brain shows up to hear us talk about Neil Breen. Yeah, get a brain, bitch. Because we got brain all day for you today. So let's get right into that brain. Because holy shit, this is this is brain. This is top level shit. This is CIA shit. This is beyond CIA. He should be. He's probably busy right now stopping this war that's going on between Ukraine, Ukraine we can, and Russia. We can only hope. Yeah, I bet he's helping. I don't want my gas prices going up anymore. I, I bet he's helping Zukarinsky or whatever his name is, the president over there. He's like, I'm going to Whatever it is, he's down. on the side of good because he's, he's no brain. I mean, we saw him in this movie help he hates combatants. Corru- he hates corruption. I he know that hate, much. He does hate corruption. And fake mustaches. There's a lot of fake or mustaches. Or he loves them. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. See, this is the thing about this movie. I'm not sure what he's trying to tell me. And I think that's the point. I think he's trying to make me. He's giving me both sides and saying, you make the decision. Yeah. He makes things a little too obvious where the idiot comes in and says, this guy's an idiot. But then when you stop and think about it, like the big brain IQs we are, you realize, no, Breen is distracting us from the real truth. Like the rubber rats that we talk about later in this episode. What do they mean? Some people would say, he's just an idiot and he found rubber rats. No, they mean something. But what? We'll get to that. We'll get to that. There's so much to talk about. There's too much. So what I want to propose to you, I realize as I was watching this, my dream team would be Neil Breen directing and writing a script for Steven Seagal. I feel like the two of them. You don't, You think they would mesh? I think they would be the two, I think, think two geniuses, two titans together. They're usually... Oh, no. I think it would be a mess of a fucking, you know, behind the scenes. But I think the art that would come out of it, because they're so, so they're both so preachy and everything. They do both... you think Breen would allow Seagal to do the music? Because we know Seagal is a blues man. And we know that Breen does his own music. That's a good question. I really don't know. What they would do, with and we that. know that Seagal—he's no stranger to directing. He did uh, what was that movie we did? The, the uh, uh, Out for Justice? No, the uh, the Alaska environmental one. one. Yeah, yeah, the Alaska one. Uh, oh, I thought that was Out for Justice. No. no, that sounds very wrong. Now that I think about it again, I don't remember what that. Deadly was. Ground. Deadly on. Deadly Ground. Yeah, I couldn't see the forest for the trees. Forest Taft, everybody. But yeah, I could see them working out really well because they both love to do their big speeches. Breen always does a speech to explain himself at the end of the movie and how he's going to stop, you know, evil government figures. And so does uh, Seagal. He loves doing that shit, too. So I think you're right. I think they'll butt heads. But the art that comes out of that, I think it would be amazing. Yeah, I mean, just to let you people know, first of all, this this is the second Breen movie we've done. We've done Fateful Findings. And we did that, what, like two years ago? Yeah. That's about how much time we need in between brain movies. They're that heady. They're that intellectual. Like, I watched, It took me two weeks to watch this movie. It's a 90-minute movie, but I could only watch it in 10-minute intervals because I had to watch it, and then I just had to process. I had to go to my defecation chamber, sit for a yep. day, yep. Let, the, let it wash over me. 
It's exactly how Scott, our dear uh, old comic book provider, used to tell me to read Watchmen when I was reading it for the first time. He said, read it like a chapter and then just soak it in. Get in that defecation tank. Let it wash through your giant mutton chops. Yeah. And that's what you, I think you have to do. I yeah. mean, we're geniuses, so I don't even know if mere mortals can even comprehend. I mean, everybody I knows. mean, we're going to do our best to explain it. Yeah, we'll you. do our best. We're going to be... We're going to brainsplain. We're going to theorize with everybody, yeah. all right? I, we'll brainsplain some when we know it, but yeah. we're going to be doing a lot of uh, brain theory. I mean, that's that's the show I've been pitching maybe to the CBS answer is, is big brain theory. Maybe the answer is there is no answer. There never is an answer. Again, we both said this as soon as you walked in my door... If he put these movies out before Lynch put Eraserhead out, we're not talking about David Lynch yeah, today. No. We're, we're talking. We're about, laughing at David Lynch. Exactly. We're like fucking Wild at Heart. Who the fuck gives a shit about that? <laughs> right. We're yeah. Like, knock off a brain. Exactly. No. Instead, we got Lynch and brains. You know, not doing anything except his own movies. Yeah. All right. Oh man, so much to talk about here. What else do we got to talk about? Plot. Is there a single plot point in this movie that comes to fruition? It comes to a close? No. Yeah. It's, it's left wide open. Exactly. Everything. They, they He shotgun splatters like 15 different plot points, stories to begin the movie. They kind of dwindle, and then they fade away. Yeah. I, it's like it's like Tony Khan well, saw like, this, and that's how he books everything in AEW. It's like life. There are, there are no answers. Good point. You know, we don't. We'll never know what happens when we die until we die. So everybody, I, I hope you're jotting these notes down because this is what brain's trying to tell us. Everything's just who it's, knows. It's what all it is. about. It's all about the heavenly glory. Oh, don't a, stop looking at your finger grip. It's about the heavenly glory pointing at the okay the fingers pointing at. Okay, he's got that Bruce Lee theory of like yeah, he's like water. Okay, he flows. He flows. Breen. He's like a, he's like a cat. He just his movements. He just flows. <laughs> I mean, you definitely can tell by the way he moves in this movie. <laughs> I think this is the first time we've ever seen Breen do more than just walk. He's kind of doing a stalk. He's the most awkward man I've ever seen. Because <laughs> he's on like screen. Because he's like sixty or something. Uh, maybe I don't, know. I don't know. He's timeless. He's, he's trying to be an action star. He loves his dad jeans. Like I think he wears them in every. He, he wore them every scene in this movie. Three outfits in this movie. He, yeah, he's he's Jeff Goldblum in The Fly. He's just got that one outfit. He's like, I don't need to waste my mind on energy on fashion. Yes. Give me my dad jeans. Give me my New Balance. Yeah. Give me my like black fucking shirt. Guys, if we ever seem confused or dwindling at any point, it's because you can't accept the brain in your life without a good dose of psilocybin. So me and Murray are we're taking off here today. Yeah, we're tripping. Yeah, we're we're gonna be tripping balls. It's the only way you can understand this. Shit. Exactly. So it's altered states right now. The other thing that's very interesting is that he's got, of course, his brother in this movie. I guess that's the twist. Twisted, yeah, that's the twist. And the pair. pair. Yeah. We did a thing last week, and I didn't even realize it. Kayla pointed out to me last night. She was like, what is that movie you guys are doing uh, tomorrow? I said, oh, we're doing Twisted Pear. And she's like, is that because of your testicle pain you guys <laughs> talked about last week? Yeah, a lot of people worried about your testicle pain. Albert brought that up, too. She, hey, I, I, I go, hey, we're, this is this is the testicular health awareness month now. Yeah, well, I'll let everybody know. Here's the update on my, uh, my, hosp- or my doctor situation. You got it checked out. I got it short list together. I haven't been able to get into any place. I got a short list together. We got three. I'm going to be handing out the final rows, and they get to touch my testicles. Tell you to cough. <laughs> Tell me to cough. 
I mean, it's I had that done price. to me. I don't know what it's. I mean, no, it's, it's for like a hernia, but I don't know how. Cough. Hernia, really? Yeah. That's what that's for. Yeah. Or oh. the guy just likes to find all my balls. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. At one point, how many balls does it take before you're just like, I don't care anymore? Is it five? How many balls? Like how many balls? Sets of balls do you have to grab before you're just like, this means nothing to me anymore. Like, <laughs> should it? What, what, what do you mean? Like it's supposed to? It's supposed to mean something? Like to, he, like he only becomes a doctor because he wants to fondle balls? <laughs> I have to imagine the first few times you're, it like weighs heavy on you. Like I'm in somebody's privates. Yeah, I, but then yeah, at I a think, certain I point, it's three. It's, <laughs> it's like it takes three legs to get to the center of a tootsie roll pop and to be bored with balls. Yeah, that they train you that way, to like in like medical school, to just be like, because you gotta, you gotta get over this shit. No, you hundred percent do, and they're better adults than us for being yeah, able to do uh, that, hundred uh, percent. But I'm just still curious of what that average is. I mean, uh, we're we're it's Neil Breen week, you know. We're thinking higher thoughts this week. It's March Mermadness. It's March Mermadness. All right, so Murray, one of the other big things we really got to talk about in this movie, we talked about in the last movie. There's a lot of carryover in the Neil Breen universe. So one of the things I got to bring up is our our trench coat wearing just leg shots guy. Yeah. He comes back. So Well, we don't know cuz we've only seen two of the five. But okay, but, but there's like an 8 year difference in three movies in between I think the two we've done. Is there? At least two. Okay. And so there's quite a few movies and he's just suddenly brought No, I think this is a reemerging thing, reoccurring, excuse me. And also the mirror shot, but we can yeah. get an ad in a I second. mean, I will say, we're, the only reason we're doing Twisted Pair now is because we allowed you, because we're the only we're the only podcast that allows our listeners to decide. Like we're so, And, of course, we never do anything chronologically. We're the Tarantino of movie reviews, and that we don't do series in chronological order. We just jump from, we go three, one, five, two, four. Yeah. That's how we do it. Like Tarantino, when he does his stories, where he has, like, you know, time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, this is for you guys, Twisted Pair. All right, we were supposed to be talking about the Duster guy and the yeah Duster guy. So I, I, what order? Twisted Pair is his last movie, right? The, Twisted Pair is the most recent yeah. movie. Well, of course, because Kate, I want to fuck Kate up the name. Alistair. It's going to be like that fucking Face Off episode. Yeah, good luck, he's, everybody. He's got two characters, Cade and Kale. I hate you, Breen, for doing that. Yeah, that was awful names. And so I'm going to be mixing them up. I was mixing them up in my notes. It was fucking confusing as hell. But he does a great job separating them looks-wise. Oh, my God. Does he? <laughs> but, but, yeah. But he never eats a peach. No, he doesn't. He, does, he, he wouldn't know what to do with a peach. <laughs> I would love to see him eat a peach, though. <laughs> Because he's so awkward. I don't want to see Neil Bray put food near his mouth because it would look like the spinach seed. Actually, we have seen it. He is a turtle. (laughs) He does look like a turtle. He looks like a turtle fucked Mr. Spock and put like fucking like some feathered hair on top. Sorry, everybody. I told you we're on Silas Ivan. Uh, We're taking a trip here. We're going. So, yeah, mysterious guy. Like, we, we, as far as we know, He's a recurring theme in what we've seen. We've seen two movies. You're right. I've seen know. three now. You've seen three. Mm-hmm. Was he in that one? I don't remember because that was my first one where it's like you got you to gotta rewatch it nine times to understand everything that's happening. Okay. So I got to go back and watch that one. But I think he did the same thing. So what we're explaining is that Neil always does this thing where he shows a mysterious character from the waist down. Always dressed over. So this one, it was a long coat. 
Yeah. And we know, and everybody knows, because we talk about the trash lodge all the time, and that comes from right. the first Brain movie we did, where he had scenes, much like Twin Peaks, we compared him to Dave Lynch already, much like Twin Peaks, there's the White Lodge, the Black Lodge, and the Waiting Room. Do you think maybe they went to film school together? Like we they had to, to. We need to look back in the history I think I think Breen was teaching the class. <laughs> I think we got a Breen was like a mentor to David Lynch. I think we got a Vinny's Black Caesar situation going on here. Wow. Yeah. Do you remember your your the shade you threw at uh Vinny last week? <laughs> I'm just I'm calling like it is. Yeah. V- Vinny, don't steal a man's Caesar. Yeah. You already had the he, perfect he, it, It's enough that he invented the pastrami nacho cheese sandwich. You don't have to go stealing another guy's idea yeah, just you, by putting a, just just put a little mayo on something does not make it different. All right? It doesn't. It doesn't. And the tomato shade. Yeah. Well, that that was all uh, scatter. Right. Scatter was all about. I believe the it's sixty six point six red, thirty three point three green. Oh yeah, he's into that devil tomato. Yeah. Yeah, I believe it. But this guy, wow, we're still on this guy. You know what? Fuck it. We'll get into it when the movie starts up. We got to get into this shit. Right. But we had the opposite of the trash lodge. I want to do want to talk about this real quick. Yeah. Because this is a reoccurring thing in this movie. We see it like five different times where he's got this neon awful like uh, who is the who is the bitch who did all like the folders from the early 90s and in, in like the neon awful colors. Oh, I can't um, remember her name. Folders? Yeah, like it was like uh school school kid shit. I don't know. I graduated in 92. Yeah, so I know you I did. I not remember. I can't remember the 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 person's name. But Brain decides to do this forest and he's going to be like walking through it and I'm Brain screen of course. Purple Forest Majesty. Purple Forest Majesty and it's clearly supposed to be his opposite to the trash lodge. Laura Palmer was up in there. She was hanging out. Prince was there because purple. Of course. And you could see the like their faces just superimposed very um, see-through and everything, but you could mm. see it. Laura Palmer was doing the hand thing she does. Okay. Okay. But we got – I don't know what to call that world. It's just the magical forest, I think. I don't know. I think we just call it that. Okay. Magical forest. Okay. Are we ready to get into the? Movie? I guess so. We ready to go to that trailer that's gonna blow your brain. That's gonna blow some brain. All right, prepare for some major brain damage going on after on the other side of this trailer for Twisted Pair. My name is Cade. I have an identical twin brother, Kale. Then one day it all changed. There was a bright light in the sky and time stood still. We were both selected. The pure majesty of nature. Programmable virtual reality, the corrupt version. A limitless digital universe connecting all shared virtual reality. Digital 
tribes. I miss what I never knew. I'll take you out to dinner. Let's have a drink. Let's have a drink. Leave me alone. Let's have a drink. I'll meet you back here at 8 o'clock. I miss my brother. I'm with you. Programmable matter. Kuz's biological mutant warfare plans must be stopped. Who am I? What am I? It's a killer with unidentifiable DNA? In AI, fright and interest are not far from each other. Things can become real in your mind. I trust you completely. And you believe things you wouldn't ordinarily believe. Who's there? Justice is served. This is where we bring you all to rot and die. Kate, I will love you for all eternity. We will live in a virtual metaverse, a virtual universe, living in our own world every day. Everyone has the right to love and peace. I'll be right here. I don't know why we started our birthday month with such a challenging movie. Because that's how that's how we roll, Griff. It we're is. innovators. We're not imitators. Exactly. So, Murray, let's meet our identical brothers. Yeah, we open up with a voiceover by Breen. We were talking... Does Breen only hire the worst, most awkward actors, or is this a director's choice? Where he's like, talk as wooden as possible. Yes. Act like English is your second language. Right. And again... We were Maybe talk- that's what he does. We were talking. There's people who don't speak English, and they're just phonetically talking. That would that seems like a good thing. Like it probably could get it really cheap. It probably helps them learn English a little bit better. I think I think he's doing this as a community like effort. I think you're right about that. But again, we were talking about these things where it's like it's so obvious. Is he trying? Is, is he cutting corners, or is he trying to tell us something that's more human than a human? Beyond the eye a little bit. I don't know. Maybe he's, he realized he has enough self-awareness of how awkward he is. 
he's like, I have to make everyone as awkward as me so I don't seem as awkward. <laughs> you, you know what? I think you're right about that. Because every form of expression that Neil Breen does is awkward. His movements, his way of speaking. I Every time he walks in this movie, I was glued to the screen, watching his hips, watching his arms. I, yeah, I love when he would try to like skulk. Because he was like sneaking in, and it looked like when you got to shit really bad, and you, you got to run. But if you really ran, you'd shit on yourself. So you're clenching your butt cheeks together and like walk running. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. that's what it looked like. It looks- and he's supposed to be like like a, like a cat burglar almost. Like that's how like superhuman he is. I feel like it looks like early animation if the cells weren't sped up or something. Like there's only two animations. <laughs> That he goes through, but it's really He's a slow. human gift, basically. <laughs> it's, it's awful. So anyways, we're opening up. We, we, I have a twin <laughs> brother. We were inseparable. We ate hot dogs together. And we have a scene of two little boys, blonde boys. He's like, the ring's not blonde. <laughs> and they're just feeding each other hot dogs? Okay. This scene plays out for at least four you minutes. Think this is just some, like, something he... You know, like when people get like stock foot, like Beef photos. Footage. Yeah. 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 It's 100% that. Yeah. Like a lot of filler in this movie, a lot of the brain screen he uses <laughs> is just that. It's filler yeah. shit that he pays like 100 bucks for yeah. and he puts it in a goddamn movie. <laughs> yeah. So what's he trying to tell us, though? That's the thing. That's what's going to keep us up at night. I couldn't sleep at all last night because I just yeah. watched this movie and I was, I was everything was racing through my head. Yeah. I spent all last night in the defecation chambers. You so, went to the defecation. Yeah. Did you happen to go into the tropical forest? Because I was reaching for it, but it just kept it just kept going further and further. Every time I felt like I was going to grab a vine, it was just gone. And then I would that, wake that, up. that might be the acid talking. Oh, that's the oh okay. So yeah, he's giving us backstory about him and his brother, Cade and Kale. Yeah, I hate you for naming those characters, <laughs> Cade and Kale. Oh yeah. That was the first pause I had to do. <laughs> Cade, Kale, pause, laugh. Cade and Kale. I'm it's, sorry. It's like in our upcoming Kojak Tippy Tap. There was Ronnie, Donnie, Johnny, 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 Donnie, and Sonny. Yeah. This is Cade, Kale, and Coos. Coos. <laughs> so, <laughs> go figure. Neil Breen's bad guy's name's Coos. Yeah, there's no more bonding experience between two brothers and feeding each other hot dogs. So we get it. We're like, you, all you right. don't understand this without we having don't. a brother. Yeah, but me and my brother. brother used to always feed each other hot dogs. That's why we're so uh, close these days. And then we see a scene, another stock scene of the little boys on a beach with a we dog. We loved going to the beach with our dog. And then a flash of light. I thought we were going to get more scenes of them growing up. Of light. Well, no, because this is where they get. This is the first thing. Like we don't know. Like, is this an alien abduction? I say I immediately thought alien abduction. Okay, you see flash of light. You got an alien abduction. Alien. So there's a flash of light in the sky, and then there's laser sound effects. Beep, 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 beep. Like PowerPoint laser sound effects. Again, brain does things on the cheap. So I was thinking aliens as well. Yeah. But I, that's the thing. Maybe it still is aliens. Because is it aliens or is it artificial intelligence? Because he starts going in this rap on artificial intelligence. Right. It's, I can't. This is, again, why I was up all night. Because it's like, what abducted him? What we do know, so we can get through this movie and you don't have to get your third catheter out. The two are probed. 
rope. Well, How old do you Matt, think they are? So I immediately think aliens because that's all aliens do. Right. That's Anal what probes. we know about it. Somehow we know they nothing do, about they do aliens. Not, they do not examine the balls, though. Yeah. That's a good point. all about the so, ass. So they probably lost a lot of subjects to ball uh, cancer. Yeah. That's interesting. Maybe they don't have balls. That's why they don't. Well, everything I've seen of an alien, they don't have testicles hanging down there. Uh, so that's a good point. Those are all real <laughs> concepts, by the yeah. way. But the two are probed. They're probably 10 years old at this point. I don't know. Okay. I mean, 10 years old feeding each other hot dogs? Well, no. They were like three feeding each other hot dogs, and then they were like eight, nine, or 10 at the beach. What happened to the dog? Was the dog probed? Maybe that's going to be in the second movie. That would be cool. A DNA reprogrammed dog? Like a super soldier dog? I like the sound of this. So DNA is reprogrammed. Everything is about being programmed, the brain. Yeah, that's what he, that's science to brain. You just put programmed, put another word after that. I science. feel like brain like twelve different times. He's a big fan of community college, and we learned that in this movie because he shoots this movie guerrilla style outside of a community college. Every scene is either the one he probably teaches that. Yeah. It you think he teaches there? Yeah, we just proved. You just told me he taught uh, Lynch film school. Right, that's a good point. That would explain. we all know. David Lynch went to Las Vegas Community College for his film degree. That's right. Yeah. He's all. That's what Eraserhead was all about. His time in Vegas, and so uh, <laughs> he continues on. I'm sorry, this monologue about him getting pro by Alan is way too long and way too. Brief. I was turned more human than human. That, that's a that's a good way of getting away with being robotic speaking by saying. I, I was made this way. R- right. Uh, just very much like Lady Gaga. He was just made this way. So, like, I, we just went over, like, for five hours about it's alien abduction. But, no, it's not because now he's working for some kind – maybe a government agency, maybe of anti-government. He's working for some agency. I don't know. It's very hard. You pointed this out. The hard, it's very hard to tell if he's into tech or against tech. Yeah. Because he's always, like, fighting tech. But he's working for an artificial intelligence, but I think. But he's obsessed with tech. So it's very confusing. I mean, a lot of those shots, he's donning a, a COVID mask and everything, and he's, like, touching yeah, they holograms. Got, they got the minor, Minority Report holograms up where they're, like, just touching shit. The, the one fucking stock shot he has of the guy holding up the, like, one printout, and it's, like, a hologram in front of him, and he's got this big smile behind him. I was like, oh, my God, brain. Anyways, so they're reprogramming him. They're making him a, kind of like a super soldier. Yes, they are. They're like making him. A, remember, he's no longer human. Griff, he's humanoid. He <laughs> says that a lot. He does say that a lot. I just, I just immediately got the thought of when we super, you know, did a superhuman program with Captain America, and we made yeah. him like fucking fit, and we got like a twenty-year-old, <laughs> and. They've decided, let's take this 58-year-old man and make him a humanoid. Well, that just says how long he's been working for this agency. Like, So he ages. Yes. Terribly. Yeah, well. Because <laughs> he uh, can't stand up straight. Yeah, he's superhuman yet frail at the same time. <laughs> like Maybe that's something. It, it's like to trick you and to feel that, you know, wow, this guy can't beat me. Look how frail he is. And then he does this superhuman shit. So while Kale was out there just fucking rocking out his mission, saving the No, he world, wasn't. Cade was. God damn it. I did it. Okay. Yeah. All right. This is our uh, uh, Two-Face episode. Uh, excuse me. I'm, face I'm about to blow your mind. The dynamic between Cade and Kale is the same as Kane and Shane Kazugi. 
You, Kale is the Shane Kazugi. Oh my god. To Cade's Kane. That explains why in that beach scene, Cade was wearing a fly ass fucking like jacket, like yeah, Michael Jackson the, jacket, yeah. sweet shades, and a LA Dodgers hat. Yeah. And poor old Shane was wearing a hoodie. Yeah, just wearing a hoodie and a fake beard for some yeah. reason. That was weird. So we learned that Kale. Yes. The bad son, he's failing. He's fucking up his missions, yeah. and he gets booted out. Fuck, man. Well, Nick Cave never wrote a song about him. Good Son is about fucking uh, Cade. Yeah. One more man gone. One more man. So he's stripped of his power and released. But Cade mourns, I miss you, brother. Oh, my God. I hate it. They literally live... On the same community college campus, they abduct people in the same area. They break into the same building. They never cross paths. I hate it. I hate it. It's still one plot hole in this movie. So Cade, he's working with scientists to perfect this AI. He's realized he's reaching the pinnacle of synthetic brain power. But he always wants to retain his humanity because he says AI will never replace the pure majesty of nature. Do you see why I brought up that thing about Steven Seagal now? Because yeah. Steven Seagal is all about, I am the most perfect human weapon who's ever existed. But the most perfect thing in the world is an eagle. That's Steven Seagal. And then Seagal. we see a beautiful scene of an eagle at, played by Astro Eagle. Everyone knows Astro Eagle. Everybody knows he's that. In the, he's in the Peacemaker show, the new John Cena show. Is he going to be at that fucking uh, that, uh, thing you keep telling me about that Stinger's going to be at? Autorama? Yeah. 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 Uh, Astro Eagle's going to be there? Of course he is. Well, Fuck he, he yeah. He charges a lot for autographs. He really does, yeah. So we see this majestic eagle come down and land on this fence post. And then we see Kale. Yes, Kale. Cade, no, Cade. Cade, oh Cade. my god. I fucking Cade. hate you, Spreen. <laughs> fucking, why'd you do this? Cade, walk, it's, it's, it's a brain screen. Yep. So he, he just walks in, and he mimics, like, touching. The, and this, I obviously, James Gunn is a big Neil Breen fan, because there's a scene in the uh, Peacemaker show where John Cena, the Peacemaker, hugs his eagle, and this happened first. Oh, interesting. Yeah, because he's getting in there. He's nuzzling it. He's checking and making sure its prostate's clean. He checked its balls. Checked no testicular <laughs> cancer on that eagle. He's keeping this eagle safe. Anyways. Oh, boy. And then we get to see him in action. We're... Okay, we're in like some kind of urban warfare scene. A lot of quick cuts in this movie, so if you get confused, yes. sorry. Yes. Yeah, you, we're you, very confused, yeah, too. Yeah, you're like us. Again, we're on a trip here, too. <laughs> so. He's suddenly in an alley. No, they're in a building. No, he was in an oh. alley first. Okay. I got to, because I just watched this, <laughs> and it reminded me. This scene is so amazing. Awful green screen. It's a fuzzy alley. It's not even a good alley. It's fuzzy. And there's a woman walking down it, and he goes, hello, good day to you. Oh, that's right. Waits for her to walk off screen, and then Superman. There's a lot of post-dialogue done in this movie. And it's so it's like Neil Breen doing commentary <laughs> over Neil Breen. Like, we got to see the normal movie where yeah. he did the commentary of his movie. Yeah, he <laughs> leaps up into this building, and now we're like in this warts. We're like in Fallujah. We got these American soldiers. Don't so worry. He, he freeze frames everything. Well, Maybe that's the song we start the show with. <laughs> freeze, frame. freeze frame. Here's another question I have. 
is he freezing time or is it supposed to be like he's moving so fast? It's like time is frozen. I think if we got the glorious chance to interview Neil Braid, I think he'd tell us I'm too fast. Okay. Yeah. That's the only way he could show us he's fast by yeah. making everything else slow. It had nothing to do with the fact that it's Neil Brain learning how to work production software and everything <laughs> after the fact and he has to freeze everything to do everything. It's definitely he's just that fast. So they're right in the middle of some shit. There's shit going on. He's like, don't worry. I will protect you. Follow me. And then we get some really awful CGI explosions the happening. The same explosion happening, and he's just, like, <laughs> replacing it on the screen in, ver- Ooh, excuse me. in various locations. He leads, like, one- he gets out. He jumps out a window. The building explodes. And I was like, wait, he didn't lead these people out. We didn't get to see these people leave. <laughs> the building just got, like, fucking blown up. You think but- this was more stock footage, the soldiers? A hundred percent, yes. And so then he just like wanders back in another like clearly like fucked up building. And I guess it was the same soldiers and they're about to go one way. And he goes, no. And again, he's moving so fast that it looks like they're stopped. That is the wrong way. Come this way. And then the soldiers disappear and he's just in front of like a whole new set of rubble now. And he just starts congratulating himself. Another defeat. Of evil. I am unstoppable. And I accept these powers. Then he's on his way home. He probably was in Fallujah. He probably won the war in Afghanistan and Iraq. It could have been, yeah. And he gets on this private jet. He's like James Bond. Yeah, he's doing this whole monologue about, like, this is how it should be. I need to work alone. I don't need... An army. I am the <laughs> army. Right. So what he's trying to say is he's tr- he's starting to lose in touch with his humanity. He's oh, a humanoid. Oh, my God. He's Dr. Manhattan. Yes, exactly. Oh, my God. And everyone was bringing up. They were like, Dr. Manhattan chose to have abs, but he's got a tiny little dinker there. He, because he's he's gone beyond that. That's like, like little men think about big dicks. Exactly. Yeah. And bringing... We're, we're joking about him being an 80-year-old man, but he's just like, I'm beyond that. I know a woman likes an older man. <laughs> and we know that because he's, he's like, this is a brain screen too, wasn't it? It looked very brain screen. <laughs> Every scene in this movie that isn't the community college is a brain screen. Okay. So he's brain screening a Learjet. <laughs> and he sits down. Woman, she's holding a peach, comes out. What was that? But we did get our peach. Yeah, and then it just fades away. We're like, we get it. You know, he winks at the camera. We get it. He's I, eat her peach. I love One that will. he had the biggest grid. It was like he looked normal. Then that woman who was clearly, okay, Neil Brain's doing God's work. He's paying these strippers good money to be in movies. He's trying right. to get their acting careers off the ground, you right. know? Yeah. And so you see this woman pop. What, what happened with movies where they were able to get, like, up-and-coming actresses now it seems like the only way, like Samurai Cop 2, not great. And we knew it wasn't going to be great, but we watched it. Yeah. Full of porn stars and yeah. strippers. Why don't they get, like, those early actresses anymore? I don't know. I guess they don't want to do nudity. They want to be taken seriously. This woman didn't do nudity, too. But yeah. she still, for some reason, got stripper vibe from him. It, maybe it's just because Neil Breen gave her, like, a stripper outfit. 
But yeah, she walks in with that peach, and then he he doesn't even look at her, and he gets the hugest grin on his face. Because he's got to get his tongue sucked all day. Yeah. <laughs> so he he makes it back to Las Vegas. I don't know where his home base is. Community college. And he meets up with his boss. Very darkly lit. John DeHart could have done some work on the lighting. On so this. here's the thing about all of his scenes. You know when there's a bright light in the hallway and you have just your door open and you have that slit of light coming through? Is that a horrible description of it? Would you describe it another way? Because it's always just that narrow line that he has lighting every scene that's supposed to be dark. It's Think awful. about that. Yeah, it's all awful. And he's just... Like like I said, he's losing touch with humanity. He's so full of himself. Like you said, he doesn't need. He is an army. Yeah. And so he's just he meets his boss. He's just whipping his dick around, pulling out guns everywhere, throwing them everywhere. I thought he didn't need guns. He's always telling us how powerful he is, and yet he's always pulling guns on holes, like taking the clips out and taking the one out of the chamber, like. I thought he was bigger than us. I don't know. And his boss, very forward-thinking. It's a, it's a female boss. Yeah, an old white woman. And she goes, it, kind of Hillary Clinton-ish. Oof. And she's like, great job. <laughs> you could use a vacation. I don't need a vacation. What, what do you have for me? What? I want to tell you right now. Oh, that's right. You have that intelligence thing that us humans don't have. Like, I think she was trying to... Is this where she hands him that purple... Yeah, yeah. She was trying to, like, rib him at first. Like, to be like, you're more human than a human. But it doesn't come off very well. And she's like, all right, your next mission. Programmable VR. And then from her pocket, she pulls out a hologram. Yeah, purple, like, ball. And then she blows a kiss at it, and it floats over to Neil Breen. But not only is that programmable VR, it's the corrupt version. <laughs> because we know Neil Breen, if anything he hates, hates corruption. So if you just put corrupt on it, he's got to destroy it. So we see Neil, he Pac-Mans it into his soul or something. <laughs> and then we just see him sitting alone in his uh, his movie lecture hall. And yeah, missing his brother. That makes sense. Again, I brought up the whole theory. This is probably where I uh, subliminally put it in my own brain that he taught David Lynch. Thinking about Cade, Kale, I miss him. I miss what I knew. If only I knew what I missed. And then I think this is when we get that first quick cut yeah. of like the blown out, just like yeah. you just see like the concrete, like you know, structure. Building. Yeah. A guy in a hoodie, completely, face completely blocked. He's like killing over or something. And he, he yeah, we just glance <laughs> yeah. over that. And then we, well, I think we're supposed to realize that that's Kale. I don't know. Yeah, no, that's what it was. It was supposed to be. And then we're in like a boardroom with all these muckety mucks, these government officials. All and, sitting on the same side of the table. And they're all just corrupt this and programmable that. And they're talking about all the, the, the dangers of the world. Right. I mean, there's the McDonald's representative. He's like, if only I had programmable meat, I could make all the meat. And then the meat would be the meats. That'd be the Arby's rep. They got the meats. And then that scene just fizzles out. Like they they, they state all these problems, but in not the world. my joke. My joke didn't fizzle out. No. The joke landed. 
And then we just see Kate bragging again about he has his facial recognition uh, like program in his head so he can identify people. And this is the perfect scene ever because he's, again, brain screening him walking through a subway system, which we all know, Vegas, full of subways. Yeah. There's just it's just nothing but subways, and so he's getting the sandwich place. Uh, no, I'm sorry, Murray. I know you don't like the sandwich place. The Harkonnens own the subway franchise, and you, of course we hate the Harkonnens. No, we're talking about the underground subway transit system, and we're getting close up, like Will Smith's Enemy of the State style, like close up stat readouts, and brain just slowly sulking through them, skulking, whatever that word is, ver- the verb is for walking with serious intent. And he's got that brain look on his face. We all know that classic brain look. Yeah. And like then, dead behind the eyes, frayed hair, old and, weathered face. And then he's like in a museum with like like a homo sapien, like skulls. Excuse me. Before he – he's explained to us while we're getting zoom-ins of the face. you got to explain what he's I doing. I did. He has facial recognition technology oh. in his head. Yeah, he's got the instant personal recognition you know, because he's got to prevent – Evil. So he's in a museum, and there are these. It's like a, it's like a glass case with skulls in it. Yeah, like like you know, Homo sapien, Neanderthal. Again, cracked door lighting here. He's standing there looking, and he puts his hand out, and a human skull appears in his hand, yes. and he does the most beautiful soliloquy. He does some William Hamlet in this scene. It was beautiful. I loved it. And we're like, okay, what's – I guess it's more of him just saying how he's losing. He's, he's like much like the human skull he's holding is far beyond the Neanderthal skull in this play. His brain is far beyond the skull he's holding. Well, that's what's happening, yeah. And he's watching it like slowly uh, turn from a complete white skull into like kind of more of a copper brownish skull and everything. And he's just telling about – I am fascinated by human evolution, but I will never know it because I'm more human than a human. He's outside. outside. Suddenly. Walking by, there's a homeless guy. And even though he's more human than a human, he still falls into the human trend of tweeting. He's constantly tweeting. So he's looking into his phone, walking around. Homeless guy sitting there with some rat like dolls next to him. I think that was... Breen's way of showing that this guy's the human garbage, that he has literal rats around him. It's either that or the guy was a big Florida Panther fan. I'm not even sure he's homeless. I think he's, he's dressed okay. Like, Well, that, and it's a fucking... Maybe he's just resting. The, like, the the college campus police wouldn't let this guy just hang out here because, you know... He's black? Know. Yeah, well, I don't know if he... He was definitely not white. He was a person of color, as Griff would say. POC. So he's walking, tweeting. Yep. There's a woman coming in the opposite direction. And she's walking while flipping through her papers. And they bump into each other. What, okay, think about what Breen's trying to say there. They were both so engulfed in a world that wasn't in front of them. Programmable VR. Programmable VR and analog VR. <laughs> Drops the shit. This is the most awkward meet cute I've ever seen in a movie in my life she all he just barely bumped into her drops her shit wait let me help you let me let me take you out to dinner let me buy you a drink come up here and he's like 
dude, like, chill. Yeah, and this whole time, by the way, it's not a meet cute, it's a bring cute. Yeah, uh, there's nothing cute about this. <laughs> because he's like, uh, like obviously he had because he, he just told us he's got the fucking facial recognition. He picked her out when he was in the subway and he's stalking her. Yeah. Okay. Let's just go ahead and say it. Current Mick Jagger in blue jeans and a, a kind of tight shirt <laughs> looks better than Neil Breen current. So, yeah, you got that going up to clearly a stripper or a prostitute who is still looking pretty fine in her figure. And he's he's touching, groping, like, let me help you with this. And it's like, come on, the papers aren't in my tits. Well, yeah, he's just like, it's the most awkward. He's like, let like he goes immediately from, let me help you pick this up to, let me take you on a date. Let me make up to, let yeah. me make this up to you. I have to buy you dinner now because I'm man. I'm more human than a man. Let man. me honk your tits. It's like, Neil, come on. I right? have learned from the best. Uh, I can't think of the best right now. And she is annoyed as she should be. She's like, right. get the fuck away from me. Right. And so she's st- she even – okay, I want to point out that we've been making fun of Neil and how he walks. I watched how she walked, and it was very strange too. Do you think – Very he make, strange. Well, he's – like we were just saying, did he make people act the way they act? Maybe he makes them walk the way they act. I think so. I think Breen's whole thing is he wants everything to look as cagey and weird and stick up the ass as possible. And so Breen's last effort – okay – Cade's last effort is he goes, hey, I know you really want to meet with me. Meet me here at 8 p.m. It looks like it's probably midnight-ish. It's black. It is dark as fuck out. I don't remember. Oh, my God. How do you not remember? What's Every the, exterior. Was? I don't remember. No. Every exterior shot in this movie is in the dead of night. Because okay. Breen went to this community college and shot closed, his whole yeah. movie while it was closed. Yeah. So then he turns to the bomb. She's into me. I bet we're gonna have a good. We're gonna have sex time tonight. He he, he learned from Borat how to pick up women. That was it. He yeah. learned because this is post Borat. So he reaches into his pocket, finds about thirty five cents. Which I mean, this he is, hurls it at the homeless guy. He's like, ah, he, yeah, exactly. He's been playing that bozo game over at Chuck E. Cheese's. So he just fucking chucks the change at him. He misses the cup, but the guy's just like, hey man, she was gorgeous. Here, human garbage, take my pocket change. <laughs> ah, and he just threw a roll of quarters at the guy's face. So then I, we got like a cut of something. Maybe it was his brother. Maybe it was just a tropical forest or whatever. And then we come back to Breen just walking the other way, still staring into his phone. He gets back up to the bu- the bomb, and he's just like, it's 8 p.m. Where is she? I don't know. But well, before that happens, the Trash Lodge guy passes by the bomb. That's right. I, I knew there was some kind of fucking... Break up here. It was the trash. So line. we just see some legs walking up to the bum. Bum looks up to him. I don't remember. They have an interaction. No. What happens is the bum. Because when we saw Cade walk around him, he got a big smile on his face. We see trash law guy, and he's holding up his little peanut butter jar full of fucking change. And the guy doesn't throw in change, and he suddenly gets like a really like nasty look on his face. Like, oh my god, this. You know, like he was about to be murdered or something. So that's how we know this this trash lodge uh, guy is pure evil. So this could have been five hours later, five minutes later. I don't know. Kate is back with the bomb. And he's like, huh, 
I guess that lady was a dyke. <laughs> Why isn't she here? He's getting, he's getting some really. He's more human than a human, and he's an incel. Yeah, totally. He played that. He was, he was like, I'm a nice guy. Why don't bitches like me? And looks at the bomb. Bomb shrugs. Like, and then he hurls another fucking roll well, of the, quarters at the, the bomb. The bomb, unfortunately, in the state he's in, he's he wants that change. So he's like, "You're right. You are a really good guy. You have funny jokes." And he's like, "Hey, thanks, man." He throws him more change. Women are bitches, right? Whatever you say. Here's my here. When I watch this a second time, it makes even more sense. So they've just been walking outside in this random place. Some time has elapsed. Who knows how much? It still looks about the same time of night based on the star uh, location in my calculation. And we see a shot. Very hard to understand what's happening here, but this is clearly in a neighborhood. And you see what's supposed to be Alana is her name walking to her house. Then we get a shot of Breen walking out of the community college slash secret government building slash his headquarters and he goes hey there's that woman i'm going to follow her was that not the creepiest fucking thing you ever i paused here again it was totally creepy like i said he's an incel so he follows her to her home just walks up and walks right into her house because she should have locked the door but you know don't blame the victim and he walks in she's like Cooking her dinner or some shit. She she was clearly chopping like fucking logs in half or something. That was too loud on the chopping block. And he starts in with the ominous like fucking. We're about to see a murder. Yeah. So music. at this point, I'm thinking, is this kale? I exactly. I was thinking twisted pear. <laughs> yeah. I, like I'm like, did they do the swerve on us? Is kale really the hero and Cade is evil? Because all we've been seeing is. Cade bragging about how superhuman he is, yes. and how great he is, yes. And so how he's I'm, helping the world. How he's hot to trot for women and everything. I was eating a peach. Even the bum was, seemed to be a little into him. So <laughs> that's what I was expecting. Well, that's what he thought. Yeah. Well, of course, we're seeing Neil's projection or uh, Cade's projection. So Cade is like, "I'm gonna hurt you." Bitch, and she screams out and tries to jump over the couch where he is. It, oh my god, it was like we've we've done almost two hundred episodes. We've seen plenty of fight scene in our day. This was without a doubt the most awkward fight scene I've. I can't. I technically was it a fight? I don't know what was going on. They're like slow motion, like struggling with each other. I'm going to get you, you bitch. You need to. You had to meet me at 8 p.m. tonight, and you failed to do so. You will now pay the consequences. You need a real man. She grabs a painting, which just so happens to be sitting on the couch next to him, <laughs> and smashes it over his head. I swear, you slow this down. They're they're both smiling about this scene. I think Neil Breen does one <laughs> shot of everything and is like, that's good. I believe it. Really. <laughs> he, he is. He's David Lynch meets Ed Wood. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, is that Ed Wood's thing? Yeah, he was awful. Yeah. Oh, okay. I didn't realize that. And he, so she's, it's like fucking AEW fucking match breaks out. She throws her through a table. And I mean, I've been doing all like the voice that Breen was doing. Kate's supposed to be doing, I guess. 
But they're doing it in such a weird way because you can clearly see what is supposed to be Cade's face, but he's not talking. And you just yeah. hear like a narrator that is Neil Breen. Yeah, like I said, there's it. a lot of posts. Like maybe even Breen was like, I don't even understand this movie. So he just put a ton of narration in this movie. <laughs> because how do you understand this scene? It goes from serious struggle fighting this woman. But not, is but not really serious. It was the most. It was like. It was awkward. Uh, yeah. It was I've so seen awkward. Little kids like brothers, brothers fighting fiercer than this fight. Clearly the woman he got here. I'm not trying to say anything <laughs> bad about this woman. Prostitution probably... is legal in Las Vegas. But Same. she clearly was uncomfortable with the scene. Hundred percent, get that she was. She was the fat lady from the Mac that was getting her tits. Yes, at. yes, yeah. yes, yes. And yeah. so she, she was had, a giraffe. She was clearly having a horrible time in this scene, and suddenly it just turns into, "How was your day?" <laughs> yeah. And they hug each other. So they, I was, I was like, I, this is where I had to stop it. Yeah. And I was like, wait, wait. So they know each other? They're a couple? Yeah. Let me tell you, I remember these lines. Oh, my God. So they finally calmed down, and he goes, like, the final calming down wasn't, how was your day? It was, what did you make me for dinner? And she goes, your favorite. My mother called. (laughs) Well, tell her I said hello. That was his banter. (laughs) Neil Breen. (laughs) That was good banter for this awkward sexual assault that wasn't. (laughs) So apparently they're trying to spice up their relationship. So they worked out this weird sex role play thing because they know each other. They're a couple. I've come across the Reddit threads where people talk about like weird sexual encounters they have. And it's, you know, there's the there's the group who come out and say, you know, I was seeing somebody who was really into that, like the idea of someone coming into their house at night and taking them. And it doesn't ever go well. So Breen must have heard that idea and been like, that sounds fantastic. My girlfriend in this movie's into that. I don't know. So we cut to I'm still thinking we're with uh, Cade, but we're not. We're with Kale. Because, you know, we can tell him apart. Always has a hood. He's he's straight up Ted Kaczynski. Yeah, he's got the worst fucking Halloween USA. Okay, beard. we don't get to see the beard. We, we don't yet. see it. Yeah, we just see a hooded character. So we get those the same Levi's that Breen is always wearing in these movies. Yeah. They snug him in the butt the exact same way. Which it just Nothing needs snug it. about that butt. It's baggy as hell. He's got Hank Hill butt. <laughs> well, he's eighty. He's got no butt anymore, man. So, so there's some like. Corrupt suits out, out smoking cigars, and going, yeah, I just ripped, I just ripped off somebody. <laughs> so one of the shots that Breen does a dozen times in this movie is somebody exiting these sets of doors. These are the same doors that Breen exits a dozen times. He enters it a dozen times, and now he's got these suits exiting it. And it just so happened that well, what we learn is Kale is waiting there for them. Pulls a gun on them, kidnaps them. And this is the when I stop, I had to pause it again because you get this, you get that door ajar light on this guy, and he's clearly got a giant <laughs> thing of tape taping down a mustache. I didn't know on what was face. going. I didn't know if it was going to be like dirt or soot. I didn't know what was going. And on. that was like. Okay, what is Breen trying to tell me about this person? That sometimes people wear mustaches? Like, what is this like his take on uh, 
like transgender people? Is he trying? Is he anti-trans? Maybe I don't know. Cause I I don't know what Brain's trying to say. I, I shouldn't have put those words in his mouth. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have put those words in. He's his got mouth. these three suits. They're chained up. They're in a Dexter kill room. Plastic everywhere. Blood splattered on the plastic. Apparently, he doesn't change the plastic. Right. I, like this is again. I wish he would have done the uh, trash lodge here because it would have made more sense. But in a way, it is kind of a trash lodge. He just used it. Used the uh, the kitchen hefty bags instead of like the fucking durable hefty bags. These guys immediately rat each other out. They're like, yeah, I sell drugs to babies, and I fuck dogs, and all this sick, corrupt shit. Wait, okay, well, Brain's thing is always about corrupt politicians. Right. So they're like, we pay all the politicians, and of course they hate all, you know, they love the Vinny knockoff places, the one that are trying to steal right. the Black Caesar for themselves. Right. They don't even know the history. We just went over the black history of Black Caesar salad all month long. Right. They don't get that. No, they don't. They need to be listening to this they think the only thing MLK ever said is you shouldn't judge a person by the color of the skin but the content of the character, and they twist that for their own use. They admitted to that, too. They admitted to that, too, exactly. And so they're just, I worship Satan. All their evil deeds, they give it up. Kale goes, this is my form of justice, and he shoots them in the shoulder. Shoots two of them in the shoulder. I think he lets the mustache guy alone. He's like, that's torture enough, wearing that mustache. All right, and so walks out. We're gonna go over to Alana and Kate. So Alana is the girl that he was assaulting a minute ago, but now they're they're fucking cool. They're like back at work now or something. I don't remember which I scene it was. Like you said, they're using the same building for every scene, but they're different. Like it's supposed to be different places. This turned into closet. It's supposed to be elevator. Because they were back at the office. They ha- yeah, they have a hilarious elevator gang. It's so good. It's so good. It's so good. So a lot of goes. In, they go into the elevator wearing one set of outfits. He's wearing his leather jacket and blue jeans as he always does. She goes in there wearing blue jeans and one outfit, and they do a still frame of the elevator closing. But they like bump shoulders because they yeah. walk in together and they right. can't fit in shoulder to shoulder. And then the they freeze frame. The door just opens. It's the same floor and everything, and they're kissing and stuff. It's so it's so adorable. Wasn't it? Weren't they acting like they were all disheveled? Like we were supposed to think they were fucking. In the yeah, elevator. no, that's yeah. exactly what it was. Yeah. It was like they were like, and it was ooh, so awkward. It was just and, like because this is the thing. Like I don't know if he has like some spatial problems, but he can only kiss a woman on the forehead. Like he goes in for the kiss and then hits the forehead. It's the money. It's the money. But don't worry, everybody. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking back to the first time we did a Neil Breen movie, and we talked a lot about the, the, the Breen nips. The Breen nips do make an appearance in this yeah, movie, yeah. so don't worry. Anyways, we then go outside where uh, Kale is walking around, and he's killed a couple more suits. Right. And again, same community college uh, campus. Yeah. So they're they're within 100 feet of each other. And as he leaves the scene of the crime, he drops a syringe. A syringe that we don't never learn anything about. He picks up his bullet casing yes, to he hide does that. that. Yeah. <laughs> but he drops a syringe. He's staring at the ground where and the it syringe was, should it be. And it was like it was the reanimator syringe. It was some green kind of shit in it. What was going on with that? But then they go back inside <laughs> where where we had, oh no that actually is the correct name. Cade is now still in his leather and blue jean, but Alana is in a completely different outfit. She looked like uh 
what's her name from uh, uh, Archer, who he's always screaming about. I think her name was Alana on that. Oh, Lana. Cool. Yeah, they called her Lana. But she was wearing like one of those dress turtleneck outfits, and they bump into each other in front of a group study in the community college library. It was group study six. And he's like, hey, I've got a minute. And so he pulls her in there and kisses her on the forehead some more. <laughs> he's just making out with her forehead. He's just so adorable. He's just, he's just That's how he gets off. And now we're back outside. There's a detective. That's his name. No one has any names but Cade Kale. We don't learn Alana's name till the very end. I, I wish I had my phone handy here. Because it's going to take me forever to pull up Google so I can pull up how IMDB listed this guy's name. But they spelled it out as Dectictive. They didn't even get that well, part right. Detective Dectictive. <laughs> he's he's looking at the scenes. Like there's no there's no casings, but he does notice that syringe. So he picks it up. We never learn anything about this syringe for the rest of the movie. It's a it's a red herring. They point out that there was a hooded figure on site as well. So that's like all the evidence they have. I didn't even know if this guy was a cop or not at first. I thought he was like the manager of the suited people who got killed. Well, he gets the phone call, I guess, from his superior who looks like Walter White from Breaking Bad. He's the other guy (laughs) with the taped on mustache. And I was like, wait the fucking minute. Why is there two people with this obviously taped on mustache? Maybe if I slow it down, I'll see that it's the same actor. (laughs) But he brain's trying to tell us something. Well, he's he's Walter White's trying to tell the the detective that there's evidence of a huge cyber attack coming. Those suits, those that the bodies, there were tons of legal trouble, and he thinks a vigilante did it. I think Neil Brain just predicted the future because you know what they're talking about with this whole Ukraine-Russia thing is cyber warfare. And we get some Epstein shit here, too. That's right, we do. Cut. We're back to Cade. Walking around the community college campus. Oh, this was, I love this scene. This, this no, was this was perfect. No, we're probably going to have to cut in the audio of this <laughs> so people understand brain timing. Because this joke lands. We don't land our jokes. That's why you're constantly like, you don't know what to do with my great jokes. But Breen lands his jokes. This was... He should have. He should have been holding court with John DeHart at Vinny's. With this I know. Joke. Think about that matchup: John DeHart ripping the guitar solos, doing the. No, it's slide. like it's like the joke version of dueling banjos. They're just fucking back oh, and forth. Vin- I could just see Vinny's neck just breaking, just like trying to take orders, trying to laugh at. So Joe. we can't do the joke justice. We'll let you hear the audio. But we, we'll set it up though. Yeah. We got to set it up. Okay. Okay. So they're walking up again, couch campus. At night, no one's here. There's just all these tables set up. Clearly, this is just outside, outside of a cafeteria. Yeah, yeah like COVID all time. the shots are basically outside. And so he notices, like he picks out a couple of seats and sits her down. And he's just like, this is the best restaurant in town. And we'll let Neil take it away from there. I hear the food is spectacular. The service is impeccable. It's just friggin' invisible. (laughs) (laughs) 
I bought you a present. You did? I did. A candle. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And then after, that's not enough. Just after she is collapses, it's so fucking hilarious. Well, yeah, yeah. No, you can't hold on. To, you can't hold on to your Vinnies when you've got that kind of sh- humor flying around at you. I have a gift for you, and he pulls out the most romantic gift you could give. Guys, if you want, you want to get laid. This is a gift you give a lady. A fucking Gwyneth Paltrow vagina candle. And he goes, huh? Huh? And he points at it because it says Gwyneth Paltrow vagina candle on. He's, 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 he's laying it on thick. He's yeah, like, yeah. I want your vagina. Yeah. And, she, and he's like, this is the, she's like, this is the greatest gift ever. She takes his hand, looks straight into his dead little neobrain eyes. Eternal and always. So romantic. You say romance is dead. Okay, Murray doesn't want to return. He was getting a little too intimate with me saying that to him because I stared him into oh, eyes. I'm sorry, forever. Thank you, jeez, Murray. Come on. All Cade, right, he's in a Zargfield alley. This is the same alley we saw earlier. It's the exact same alley that in the start of the movie when he was rescuing the fucking like U.S. troops <laughs> in that building. This is the same alley. And Kale appears. And Kale thinks that Cade took away. Like, he thinks Cade was behind him getting kicked out of whatever this organization they worked for. Yeah, we're probably like 30 minutes into this movie. So we're getting the, the face-off moment where the two of them are finally like kind of meeting. So it was like, Kale look. Oh, my God. Cade looking away. And then he had to freeze frame himself in the <laughs> shot and have Kale approach. And then he turns, and this is where we finally see the hoodie reveal. And it's like, oh, my God, what is this? Because he's got the saddest-looking fake mustache where there's no bristly hairs coming out of it. It's flat. Yeah, it's a Halloween USA (laughs) beard. (laughs) It's so sad-looking. Oh, my God. But Kate, of course, being the bigger brother. Bigger brother? They're twins. so. (laughs) But he he still feels more responsible. So he's just like, I want... Well, he misses him. You? I yeah. miss you. Yeah. I don't know the things I don't know. And then we get a patented uh, Breen scene. He loves this scene. Cade is staring into a mirror. I, this, I think the same mirror from Faithful Findings. I like this, though, because it's like that was a hard moment. Now we go back to another hard, go into another hard moment. And it's like a flash. We're just staring into a mirror now. And But he's staring into a mirror. He's also staring into his brother's face because his image My transforms. He's looking into his brother's eyes. His image transforms into Kale's image, and then he just walks away. Kale's image still remains in the mirror. And then the mirror breaks. We just see. Well, you're not going to break a mirror that that classy looking. So we just get some broken pieces of like mirror falling at the floor. Yeah. Yeah. Neil comes over, Cade comes over, and he picks up the pieces and then breaks them some more. It's just just like to prove that it's glass or something. So, Detective Defective is talking with Walter White. They're talking about some DNA. The DNA does not match. This is unidentifiable DNA at this crime scene. There's no fingerprints. There's nothing. It's totally clean. Nothing in the international database. How can this be? Who is this guy? Who can it be now? I love it. 
Anyways. Are we going to play a minute work now? Yeah, I have that on vinyl. I'll just go rip that off real quick. Anyways, we're going over to Cal. His so life. We, we're learning about his life. Now. Look, 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 look. We've learned all about Cade's love life. He's got this shit handled. Can I just say... Him and his wife have a code. Can I just say every woman looked the same to me in this movie? Like, yes. I thought it was Alana. Like, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't know what was going on. I think that was the point, though, is that they're twins, and they date the women who look the same. Like, they do everything the same. But oh, that's a good it's point. It's just like the slightest off-keel in the, the it just, it's just It's just one bad day can just change you. That's what he's going for. I yeah. think that's what he's going for. It's so hard. You've really got to take the ayahuasca to understand Neil Brain. So we encourage everybody, along with your catheter, take some ayahuasca. Ayahuasca <laughs> too. Wow, we're putting acid and ayahuasca. Oh yeah, we're going on a vision quest. Oh my god, yeah. Turns home to his drunk, drug addicted girlfriend. Her meat. Like, Where's my money? I love that Neil Brain. He's so adorable about his drug addicts because he's got bottles of wine set up, <laughs> not like liquor, like you know, five cent liquor. No, he's got like fancy bottles of wine set up. She's a, she's a classy drunk, and it's like. Crystal clean walls and everything. Like, we've been in shitty houses. This is not what a drug house looks like at all. Get into a fight. Another awkward fight. Fuck you, bitch. No, fuck you. No, fuck you. This is the best fight you, I've ever this, seen. Did, did you notice? We, we just played the audio from the restaurant scene. He said frigging. Cade never swears. Kale constantly oh swears. Oh, my God. You're right about that. That's an artistic choice. So one of my favorite things about this scene is that girlfriend, I don't remember her name. I don't think she had a name. I don't think she did. So Bitch, I think, was her name. That's all he called her. Yeah. Okay, so bitch <laughs> slapped uh, Bottom bitch. Kale in the face, and it had that huge, like, sound effect to it and then kale gets really upset and he goes to hit her in the face <laughs> she goes over and it doesn't make a noise <laughs> well he doesn't he misses her by a fucking mile it was the worst and then they reset he gets her by the hood again and they're kind of huffing and puffing like there should have been a scene break here and he goes you're a real bitch and hits her again but now they do a huge sound effect i was like oh my and then God. he just goes we're both fucked like he's just like existential crisis kale's going through right and so then, he's like i gotta go out and torture my corrupt businessman to get get this frustration and out. this is why it only makes sense that everybody lives on the college campus like <laughs> right next to all the buildings because we cut to suddenly he's outside Police lights everywhere, and he just police lights. By the way, <laughs> we just get the images of like red and blue lights flashing. And then you've got Neil Breen trying to run. <laughs> he can't run. And so there's a cop like, "Hey, I need to talk to you real quick." And he's trying. He's like, "He's doing the. I got his shit run. Like, but if I, you know, don't I don't unclench my ass. I'm a shit all over the place." He's doing a Vinny's run. And he somehow gets away, did gets into his kill Did Vinny skater in this movie? Maybe that's why. <laughs> <laughs> they got a knockoff, Vinny. You know it. So he manages to somehow get away to his kill shelter, which is also on the college yeah. campus. <laughs> and they're so annoyed. They're like, we've been here two days. This is horrible. Well, you've got a lot of more horrible days to <laughs> go. 
and then he like shoots him again. He's, he's every time he, that's like his move when he leaves. He just shoots a guy. He shoots him in the leg this time. I I think this was the one. Yeah, he shoots one guy in the leg. He shoots it. He pistol whips the second guy and shoots the other guy in the other leg. First guy sold it perfectly. He flailed and like went for his leg. Pistol whip guy. He just act knocked out. Third guy he shot in the leg, and the guy like just was like. <sighs> I do. So, okay, we're halfway through the movie. Now we're finally going to meet our villain for this movie. Is it a villain? Okay, how many? Think about it. Think about this. What plot points have we brought up? That AI, (laughs) a corrupt version of VR, is out in the world that has not come into play yet. No. All we know is that Kate is trying to hook up with a girl that he actually already (laughs) is hooked up with. And he works for some kind of department that does secret shit. And that Kale is a drug addict who has a, a an abusive girlfriend that he also abuses. Because they're both fucked. Because they're both fucked up. So this is where we meet Koo, spelled C-U-Z-Z-X. <laughs> Did you look that up? <laughs> no, it's spelled right here. Oh, I, well, we talked about it in my notes how I spelled things out. You're like, you can't, that can't be right. So... Is he supposed to be an alien? I didn't know what the fuck was going on. No, he's Jeff. Why is he called Coos? He's Jeff Kuzos. Okay. That's what he's he supposed to like be. He looks like Mr. Furley's gayer brother. He's, <laughs> he's, he's like this scrawny white guy with like a little old man cap on. See-through rose, uh, rose orange <laughs> glasses. Yeah, he's wearing rose, literally rose-colored tinted glasses. <laughs> a scarf. Giant, he's got a fucking terrorist scarf, one of those giant scarves. And he's sitting at a table, yeah. the tackiest fucking place. It's like Trump fucking designed. Oh, yeah. Here. No, it's a McMansion. This is exactly what you find in Vegas. He's got a giant martini glass. Oh, you thought martini glass? Yeah. I saw a gravy boat. It was full of giant diamonds that he's caresses. All the time. And then on the... In the middle of the table, there's three like little cat statues, <laughs> and then there was like an elephant statue in the background. There's a busy know, fucking room. I know it was so much happening. <laughs> and then, okay, okay, I'll pipe in this audio here, Murray, because we can't do this justice. It's sworn intelligence, the ability to communicate telepathically. Because what the... Were you expecting him to have this voice? Yes. He talks like... Oh, you can do it. Yeah, I can do it. Oh, my God. I was not expecting that at all <laughs> of that little man. Yeah. It was amazing. When he, but I couldn't understand him at all. I, could, I, I have no idea what his plans I am were. very evil. <laughs> I will destroy the world. We learned that he makes his money from pollution. He's planning to take over the world through biochemical control of our support systems. Whatever the fuck that means. <laughs> So this is, again, why I could see a perfect team-up between Neil Breen and Steven Seagal. Because this is the dumb level that Steven Seagal uses for his villains. You like to traffic drugs to the children and do biochemical warfare on our pollution systems. (laughs) Like, what? So now Cade, he's ready for his next mission. He meets up with his boss, Hillary, and she's giving him the lowdown on coups. Again, she, just walking through. They're at Group Six study room again. The room he fucked in <laughs> a day or two ago. 
The, or rather, he kissed his girlfriend on the yeah, forehead. Right. So she that's, she walks in the room. She's like, "You been that's, kissing?" That's actually sex for Neil Brain. Yeah, <laughs> I've <laughs> had you, sex. Have you been kissing forehead in here again? It smells. It smells like forehead kissing. And we know Kate. He's like a modern day James Bond. So his cover is he's an investor with an interest in fine art. Because we know Coos loves his fine art. Right. In like a great episode of whose line is it anyway? Yes, and he. He's just like, I got this. I already have it figured out. Right. And he doesn't even have to get a name. He's just like, no, I'll just go there as me. <laughs> Cade. I'll Cade go Altair. there as Cade. I don't need a fake name. Oh, my God. So now we go to Coos's place. He's chilling by the pool. Got another fucking giant martini glass full of diamonds. I wish that we could somehow emphasize how quick and abrupt this cut is because it's just like every bam, cut is broke. now we're at his pool where there's this <laughs> night this beautiful backyard and everything great plants and all that but we're sitting here and suddenly bewitch starts happening yeah a, a teleporting fairy hooker appears it was so confusing because it's like we get little sparkles <laughs> in the foreground and i'm like what the fuck is... Green just learned a lot of shit on the computer. like, I have to get this in the movie. Yes, 100%. 100%. Yeah, so a hooker appears with fairy wings. Yeah. And says nothing, just comes up to Coos. I guess she's Coos's... She, yeah, that's his Coos. <laughs> and she's got, she's got like, maybe Breen's got his own foot fetish. She's got forehead and foot thing going on. Because then we just get a close-up of her feet for a little while. <laughs> yeah, these trashy-ass... Pump shoes with spikes all over them. And then we learned he's so Katie's he's got his cover, he's there to buy art, and he's interested in investing in these special projects that Coos, of pollution that Coos is involved with. Yeah. So he literally helps himself in. He just walks through the front door, right into his backyard, right up to him. Hello, are you Coos? Yes, I am. Great. I am the guy. Cade, I maybe that's why he used his own name because he sounds like he's using a fake name. I am here to buy fine arts, and if you have the time, maybe your special interest. I have a lot of money. Would you like a martini glass full of diamonds? <laughs> I love what they do here because after he says he's interested, they just do a, a shot of uh, Neil next to the hooker. And they're just stay, they're like they're just looking around. They don't know what to do. And then finally, Neil turns to his right to look at Coos and goes, "I would like to see your art now." Inside, <laughs> they're at the the table with the the cat uh, statues. Right, they've got uh, a frame that has like uh, the 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 bedding and everything. But then the, like the inside's just hollowed out. You can yeah. see Coos's shirt behind it. Have you ever seen that Gautier music video? Someone I used to know? You have no, no idea what I'm talking about, yeah, do you? I don't know what you're talking yeah. about. Somebody knows. <laughs> Somebody knows. I got to pee. Okay. Everybody, we just took a break. Oh, man. So we're staring. I had to show Murray the Gautier video, so he understood that awful joke I made. Yeah. So we got to look into this frame, Murray. It's. It's amazing. Amazing. I've never seen that kind of technology. You think Coos could just make money off making these paintings? He wouldn't need to do crime. Right. I've been working on getting 
Um, one of these for you of JJ Dillon with his money, <laughs> with his wow, glasses. That would be so great. Right, exactly. He's tilting his glasses. He's lifting money. But Bezos has got him locked up. Only one guy can do this artwork. So that's what that's what I'm waiting on. Oh, okay. So I'm really sorry about that. So we see that at least Coos is a serious art dealer because this is some tasteful art. I would totally <laughs> put this on my wall. There's a great moment here where um, our fairy hooker she yeah. doesn't know when her, well, she doesn't know where her cue is to grab the frame from Neil. So she reaches in to grab the frame, realizes the wrong time. And retreats back really quickly, like recoils her hand back, and then was just like staring at Neil. And Neil like looks at her, and then she grabs the frame. It's yeah, I think he's a brain's a one take guy. Yeah, he is. I don't want to kill the energy by going. Kill the energy. His (laughs) scenes have so much energy. (laughs) So they're back outside again. Kate is talking. They're finalizing their plans with coups, K's and coups. Talking about global domination. They're laughing maniacally together. Cade's faking it, of course, because he wants to stop this guy. Oh, yeah. I would like to help you. But for now, Vinny's, I've got to go to my main throne. I totally understand. (laughs) Then he walks off in his head. He's like, I know his danger level and superior means. Mm. Ominous words from an ominous man. Ugh. Griff, what's Kale been up to? Well, you know what, Murray? He's starting over with his girlfriend. Hey, man, girlfriend, bitch. <laughs> Bottom bitch. <laughs> bitch. Um. Well, they're just having a little romantic scene. <laughs> yeah, they got their drugs out. It's like one for you, one for me, it's, two for you. They're like laying me. on the bed face to face. So we're just getting their profiles. There's a pillow set up. So it's propped it up. And they've just got pill bottles. They got the wine bottles in the background. And yeah, him and his awful beard are just going one for you, two for me, three for you. And then he gets the end and he does a very romantic thing. And he gives her two... Extra pills. Oh, it's romantic. And she throws her hair back, and so uh, maybe that was later. <laughs> it might have been later, where she's just like, "I'm so content." <laughs> yeah, that's when they were doing the coke. Okay, that that was in a minute here. Yeah, but she gives him the biggest smile, and you're like, "Oh, it's a magical romance day. can happen yeah. at a fucking drug-addled home oh, when you're high." Yeah. So then, just <clears throat> the next scene, they're they're still in their drug den. And they've got a mirror with cocaine <laughs> lined up on it. And, and, yeah, okay, th- yeah, this is where she says it because she leans back in her chair and she get she pours herself. He's got like he's rolling up like a hundred dollar bill. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they are in a fancy place. Yeah. They each have their own bottle of wine and everything. So they she pours herself a little glass and she's lifting it to their lips. Babe, I am so content right now. And, and then we get a bizarre cut of Coos at his table. We zoom in on the three blind mice, like like the uh, cat statues. At first, I thought it was going to be it was like one of those speak no evils, hear no evils, say no evil. But no, it's there's awful tacky fucking real tacky shit. And then one of them just spins around, and that's it. They've been turning the whole movie. That's what I learned on my second watch through. Is that I never noticed that I didn't notice in the first watch through, but. They're constantly turning. Anyways. So this next scene, I thought they were together. He's just imagining. 
Yeah, there's a lot of scenes here, and God, I'm glad you caught it. Um, there's a lot of scenes where they're like an astral plane or something, mm. but it's like the two of them together. The astral plane is a code word for the brain screen. Right. And so they're just like outside of Domino's, like maybe trying to pick up a pizza and bro out and, you know, like eat a slice and you know, t- talk about like their dog in the beach. Right. But it's it's not going to go that well. Yeah. And then Kale says, and this anybody who's seen this movie, this, this there's a meme of this fucking thing. So you all know if you've seen this movie, you know this. Oh, you, you know this one? The line. Yeah. You've seen it? Okay. I've seen that. I've seen There's a gif of it, too. Okay. Who am I? What am I? What's happened to us? He's having an existential crisis right now. Yeah. He's asking the same question we all ask, Griff. Who are we? What are we? You've gone. What, what happened to us? What triggered this for you? Because this, this happens to all of us. What triggered it for you? What, my existential crisis? Well, we've all gone through this moment where we literally say, who am I? What am I? What happened to us? What was it for you? When I got the... Uh, Fuck that birthday cake. That was your moment? Yeah. Oh, man. Which you'll learn all about in our tippy tap on Sunday. Oh, yeah. You'll learn all. Mine was when I lost uh, Tyke, my yellow truck. I sat out that, there. Yeah, that was like five years ago. I remember that. Yeah I, yeah. I was out there in the middle of the field, in the middle of the road, and I was screaming at it. What am I? Who am I? What happened to us? Never the same. Cut to... Cade is infiltrating Kuz's HQ. Now, I don't know why, because isn't he on the inside? Isn't that the whole point of going undercover? I don't know. He knows everything about Kuz and knows nothing about Kuz. Did Kuz give him the key? Did he tell him the key's underneath the fake rock out in front of the... Dude, uh, yeah. he's at the same community college. He's going in through the same door he's gone on through the rest of the movie. He's going in there, and he's like, I have to stop his cyber war plans. And he is wandering through this building, and they keep doing this shot. Okay, so it's Cade, Breen, just kind of like stalking along a wall, you know, trying to be very secretive, doing secret mission shit. And then they do a random cut to four armed guards and gas masks in a well-lit room with, like, paintings behind them, behind the the four guards. And And then they make, they cut back over to Breen like he's looking at them. And then the four guards walk away, so he sneaks into a computer lab, very clearly printed out as a computer lab because he's in, again, a community college. And so he sneaks into a room full of computers with the Windows boot screen just sitting there. And he he sits down and gives us a nice little monologue in AI, fright, and interest are not far from each other. So just take that, chew on it for a little while. It's like a good beef jerky. There's so much to be absolved there. Right. Absolved? Absorbed. Absorbed. That's what I meant to say. <clears throat> Outside, we see Alana just standing there, and we see Kale lurking behind her, and we're mu- immediately thinking, holy shit, he's going to kill Alana or kidnap her and take her to the Dexter room. This scene goes on for so fucking long. We're literally watching a lock of hair fly over Alana's face for five minutes as uh, uh, Kale sits there and just... You'd think if it was a real beard, he might stroke it or something. It would fall off, yeah. It would fall off. But there's something they could have built into this because we know something. We're privy to knowledge about Alana. 
I thought that might like when I watched it the second time, I was like, that could have been a good storyline here. But no, there's no point to any storyline. This is AEW booking. You do things for one week and then they don't matter the next week. And that pertains to this movie. This is the second half of the movie, so nothing that happens in the first mat first half matters. I'm still waiting for what was in this syringe. I would love to know. Because that was some ectoplasm cooler or something. Like I don't I figured this is my assumption. Like we said, Breen is just basically letting us decide. I think it was like him trying to artificially augment himself to back to the same level he used to be. Oh, that makes sense. Uh, he's or maybe he did need it to survive. Maybe he stole that off his brother and he was trying to inject it in himself because he thought this is very universal soldier too. Well, yeah. I guess that's not. Anyways. Yeah, he, he could be. He didn't need to be cold. Okay. <laughs> All right, Cade's still lurking around the the uh, Coos uh, uh, compound. Yeah, he's just walking around, and we're hearing the voiceover from that meeting we saw in, in like the first act when it's like all the government officials. Oh, we could use this for this. We could drone the fuck out of this country with this kind of uh, programmable technology and everything. And he's, you know, this is the brain moment where he's just flexing his big brain. He does it all the time. Stumbles in another building. There's more gas masked guys with guns. They're guarding like a staircase. But hey, you're dealing with a super soldier, baby. He don't need staircases. <laughs> so he, he he jumps on a giant mushroom and then he goes and flies up to the, the balcony. Yeah, he turned into Super Cade. Cade? Yeah, Super Cade, brother. Yeah, Super Cadeo. Super Cadeo. And it just so happens that the people, we got the shot of the four guards. They were on the staircase waiting for him. He bypassed it. So the guards, they've been foiled again. So Kate is continuing to walk in through the labs and everything, and he's just, like, touching all the shit. He's looking through the CDs, looking through the fucking records. He gets into a lab, and he finds, like, all these weird syringes and everything. And he's talking about how he needs to stop the biological mutant warfare plans of Coos. Coos has outsourced his plan to a community college. Yeah, it's a perfect plan. It's right in the it's right in the front of everybody. Got in everybody. It, yeah. yeah, exactly. And uh, that's when Cade finds programmable matter capable yeah. of transforming itself into anything else. Right, as long as it's programmable. <laughs> so just, this is Ed programmed to anything. This it's, is a threat to mankind. And we go to a, inside a computer lab where we see four people get up and walk off screen. They're all wearing like virtual headsets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the fucking VR from earlier that we're supposed to worry about. That's it. Yeah, that's the point. They're wearing big bubba outfits, so the big, you know, like Blues Brother glasses, fedora, suits, and they just get up, leave the scene one at a time. Kate turns a corner, and there's some Blues Brother cosplayers sitting in just chairs like in a waiting it's, room. It's the four people we just saw. Yeah. They just moved into these orange chairs. And I lo- Breen's acting in this scene, fantastic. Because he's coming up a staircase, he turns the corner and realizes they're there. And then he pokes the one on the leg, and they do nothing. Because he like recoiled a little bit, and then he's like, okay. And he s- just cautiously continues on. And sitting with them is Coos. 
But well, no, they go into another room <laughs> with more big blues, and brothers. then there's more blues brothers in there. And Coos, who's played by, by different actors, like an old man. This had to be a reshot or something, and they couldn't get normal Kuzos, <laughs> so they got this guy in here because he's easily 40 years older than him. <laughs> and then the Blues Brothers just fade away, and then Kuz fades away. Yeah, Breen, because Kuz is telling him, I'm going to rule this world. And Breen, I'm sorry, I can't do his voice. Murray can do it. But I'm going to rule this world. And Kate gets up. Me and my team are going to stop you. And he gets up, and that, and then he holds very still because here's the thing about Brain and his production efforts. He doesn't know how to fade somebody away with movement on the screen, so he makes sure to stay very still so he can just pause that frame and let that guy slowly disintegrate, and then he continues the frame afterwards. I don't even know anything about production, and I already know how Breen does this shit. And that's it. Isn't it the last we ever see a Coos? No, no, we oh, see Coos. Okay. We see oh, at yeah. least his hand, because okay. I know there's a shot. Oh, of yeah, his blood. I remember yeah. that. That was a great shot. <laughs> so we cut back to the, the, the defective detective who's talking with Walter White again. Wait, Monk? No. <laughs> And he's, uh, there, I guess there was another kidnapping of some corrupt businessmen. Of course. Oh, uh, I think it was those vigilantes. I think they're back out. Of... We haven't seen any other people get captured or anything, so I don't know what this is supposed to be about. But Kale's going back to his Dexter room. The torch to shoot the guys again. I think he kills them finally in this one. And then what was, we didn't mention, and it happened in the very first Dexter room scene where, like, all of a sudden, a bunch of dead bodies get superimposed on the screen. Yeah, if you look closely, it's the same ones. He just cut, cut and pasted them over again. <laughs> what was that supposed to be? I think it was supposed to be uh, his way of saying, I've done this m- so many times. Okay. But, okay, this is a good time to think about this. What is Kale's, pur- what is Kale's purpose? To kill corrupt businessmen. So is he really that different than Cade then? Because no, no, he's not at all. He he's been wronged by whatever this corporation is working for. Maybe he just. I think what it was is he probably went rogue. Like he does it his own way. Exactly. But he still gets the same results, much like all our favorite heroes do. Right. Because he's doing exactly what uh, Kate seems to be doing. The only difference is that he doesn't go home to a, a loving wife who he sexually assaults, but it's just their kink, mm. and then they fuck and drink lots of wine. No, he does it the wrong way, where he drinks the wine and crushes pills. Right. And sometimes slaps his girlfriend around. Maybe that's why. He didn't pass his drug test and got kicked out of the... And got kicked out of the uh, AI League or whatever? <laughs> yeah. League of Extraordinary turn Artificial in your, Intelligence? Turn in your badge in Synthetic Intelligence? So, yeah, he just tortures those guys, and he finally kills them, puts them out of their misery. We don't know how many days they've been here, at least two. I mean, they told us, we've been here for eight days. So apparently eight days have passed. I don't know how they're keeping track of the days. Is there like that, that one window, a little sliver of light is what they're... It must be, or he comes once a day, and they somehow figured that out. Mm, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Goes home to his girlfriend. She's no longer content, Griff. 
Well, he's got a fucking wad of cash. He's got a fucking J.J. Dillon wad of cash. He fans it out in front of his face, and she's like, you're no fucking J.J. Dillon. Slaps it out of his hand, grabs him by the hoodie, and pull, pull, just pulls him to the side, and that's it. You can't do that to a person. No, it's the last straw. It's the last straw. We're done. And then... That, for some reason, this scene repeats... We're 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 done 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 done. I don't. Again, this is very Lynchian, where it's like, what is reality? Well, this is where everything gets really weird, because yeah, we're then we're like in a hallway. Yeah, completely. Like we've been doing the door slightly ajar to the hallway light lighting for so much. Now suddenly we're in this weird like. We're at the fucking exterminator hotels where we're there at. There we go. Red light, kind of very dark, very seductive. It's room twenty three. Yeah, we know room twenty three. We've been. Yeah. What the fuck is room twenty three? <laughs> the door opens. Sexy woman wearing some sexy lingerie, and she has a rose in her hand. Yeah, it's supposed to be. Kale's girlfriend. I didn't, I didn't. All the women look the same to me. Immediately after Kale leaves, she's like, I need a new man in my life. So she just leaves her door open, stands in that in that lighting with her ass flashing, yeah. and it just lures people into it. So she gets some guy. We see some guy trash walking. Trash Lodge guy. We know it's the Trash Lodge guy, but it was, yeah, yeah. They, they build up to it. And then, she drops the rose. I believe he picks it up. Yeah. The, she's got the rose, and then suddenly we see the guy in the trash lodge duster. And that's it. Like, I don't know. Does he kill her? Does what happen? Right. Well, he has the rose, and he's outside at the bike rack at the community college, and he drops the rose. Yeah. What the fuck, <laughs> Breed? This is the scene that gets me. I don't know why. He's got to be touring colleges to talk about the symbolism of his movie, and I, that's my question. What does that mean? I don't know. I don't know. I want to know. Anyways, Cade. Ready to destroy Kuz's empire. I thought he already did well, this. No, he, he scouted it out. What? So he learned where all the computer labs are. He probably already dis- he probably put a virus in the computer lab. So he destroyed his, his like computer system. And now he's going back to finish it off. Yeah, and again, the way Breen solves everything is bombs. Yeah, so we we get the Breen screen. He's just <laughs> running through like some industrial park. I don't know what. It's perfectly new industrial parks, though. They were very clean. Yeah, very clean. And he's Spider-Manning all over them. He's doing super jumps. He's fucking web-slinging. He's sneaking. The sneaking is obviously the best part. And we're just getting weird shots of shit exploding. Well, yeah. green screens <laughs> of pipes with green screen of explosions over the the, the pipes. So uh, he's destroyed Kuz's empire, mission accomplished, goes home to reflect. Oh, yeah. Well, he's got to reflect with his animal. Right. He goes back to the, the hawk, Astro Eagle. Yep. And then he goes back to his dog, Beach Day, with his brother. I miss him. I don't know why... I wish they would have done a scene where him and Alana, like, were uh, Lady and the Tramping Hot Dog, like we saw in the first scene with his brother. Yeah. But because that would have made more sense to me. 
Speaking of Kate and Alana, they're doing a nice little John DeHart scene in front of the the fireplace. Finally, they get a good bowl full of ice cubes right next. So you know what that's going to be? Oh, I, I thought they were diamonds at first, and then I realized they're just ice cubes. They got their glasses of wine. Alana, for the first time in her life, asked, "What do you do? <laughs> What's your job about?" <laughs> I can't reveal those secrets. I trust you completely. I, she can't return the gesture, so she just pulls him in to kiss him because she's like, well, shit, I don't know. This how to had fuck to him. have been, like like we say, Breen, he's a one and done scene. Yeah. Because he, he knocks over his wine glass and then just. No, I don't think that was an accident. I think it was on purpose to try to tell us as as much as we are confident in this relationship as Kate is confident in the, Yeah, Kate is confident in this relationship. There's something off about it. Tink. Wine glass falls over. Okay. That's got to be it. I knew something was wrong with the relationship when he knocked and that over. And then he reaches for an ice cube. Thankfully, they fade away. Yeah, I didn't want to see this. And I mean, thankfully, Breen doesn't have enough money to get topless scenes because... I, see, I would feel really bad for these women. Yeah, speaking top. of topless scenes, the very next scene, Cade wakes up out of like a nightmare. Who's there? He's, he's, he's topless. <laughs> this is, I, everybody, I told you there's uh, Breen Nip in this movie. This is where you get your Breen Nip. Who's there? Who are you? What are you? What happened to us? Do you have to? Do you have to let it linger? Did the, did the trash lodge guy appear in the scene? No. It just lingers. It okay. just fucking lingers for three minutes. Yeah, he can't because he is in the next scene. Yeah. It just sits on him after he yells out, who's there? Who are you? And then it goes to the next scene. Which is the hobo from earlier. And he looks up. We know there's tension between him and Duster. Because Duster, like, <laughs> slowly. And this must have been Breen doing this scene. Got, okay, so bum. Sitting there, got the peanut bar jar because he hears footsteps coming. He starts shaking it. Give me some change. But then we see it's the fucking duster. So his face goes long again. You're like, oh, shit, what's happening now? And we're looking at his pants, and it's like, <laughs> those aren't the mops because you're a bum. I know I thought, that for I sure. I thought it was just his phone. I don't know what the fuck <laughs> It was this huge rectangle, or he's got a huge fucking rectangular dick. I don't know what's going what on do they call? Him. They call them phablets. Yeah, this is just a, bu- a bum with the phablet in his yeah, pocket. He, he's one of those, like, fake bums. You yeah. Know? And, exactly. And the the duster guy, slow as fuck, comes at him with a knife and stabs him in his tablet. <laughs> it's so obvious, like and 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 the bum no sells it. He doesn't even react. Nope. Not He's at just all. Like, huh? And then he pulls the knife out and just walks away. And then we just walk we just cut to the other side of the fucking community college where Neil or Kate is now just walking around at night, looking at his phone, typing away. What the fuck is anything? And he bumps into what I suppose is a prostitute. Because she's like, hey, would you like to party? (laughs) Yeah. No, thank you. I have a girlfriend. (laughs) And then she's like, hey, you shaved your beard off. What the fuck? I never had a beard. Who are you? What are you? What happened to us? <laughs> and then, so we know. So this is Kale's girlfriend. She's had to go back because she doesn't. She can't live off Kale anymore. Wait, do you know Kale? I used to be Kale's girlfriend. Are they discovering English for the first time? Is that was <laughs> yeah, happening. Yeah, they told you. Yeah. <laughs> so, 
Oh, you know Cal? Are you okay? Did Cal hurt you? Cal hurt me, but I hurt Cal first. I hit Cal. Cal hit me. Here's some money. Start your life over again. It's never too late. Have you ever tried community college? <laughs> We're on the campus of a beautiful community college. Alana is observing this from a corner. You should get into AI reprogrammable matter. I was wrong because Kale goes back to apparently whenever Kale feels frustrated with life, he goes back to torture his his corrupt businessman. Yeah, his, that's his thing. And so he does. This is where I think he finally kills them. And then he goes, he like shoots them. He goes, I miss Cade. <laughs> I like it because he, I mean, you said Cade's thing is kissing foreheads. Kale's thing is shooting foreheads. Right. Yeah. And he does a good job of that. But they go back to the astral plane. Are they communicating? Are they communicating with each other in the astral plane? I feel like not all of uh, uh, Kale's powers were stripped away. Like, he can still walk on this plane. So I think they really are meeting up. You know, it's like their own dream world where they still can communicate because they're twin bondings. They're twin pairings, if you uh, will. They're twisted pairings. They're twisted pairings. Uh, keep them together. But uh, they're in the astral plane again, and they're just trying to figure out what what happened to us. We're brothers. We were the closest, and now we never see each other. Why can't my victory be your victory? Exactly. All right, we're back on the campus. <laughs> back, back in old LVU. And we've got Alana. She's hanging out with some uh, some black dude in a suit. Yeah, and she hands off a package to him. What the fuck? We've been seeing mysterious packages being handed off all movie, and it's always been up to no good. And then she... We, and then, <laughs> isn't this where Cade, like, he's coming, like, she's coming... Towards a, a staircase, she's at the top. He's at the bottom. Doesn't he like come out and then he like goes back and like hides against the? That I I don't think that was this scene. The, no, you're thinking of it right. It wasn't Alana. It was the black guy. Yeah, it was who's black coming guy. out? He sees him coming. He hides, jumps him. He's like, "You betrayed us, traitor! You are a traitor! You're a traitor!" So Kate is frustrated. He lets the guy walk. And he goes off to answer his phone call. It's the director, Hillary Clinton, <laughs> calling in. And so, of course, he takes a call. She was one of them, Cade. I am sorry to inform you. And Cade, oh, my God. This is, I was telling Murray earlier, this is my favorite shot. Because if we know anything about Las Vegas, there's no wind. Suddenly, we get a gust of wind, and we see, very much like Donald Trump, he's very proud of his fucking weird ass hair and the frail thin fringy little hair fringe fucking hair is flowing in the wind and he sits on the phone there's no audio happening anymore he's just sitting there he just crumples down crumpled over with his hair flying in the wind for two minutes i loved it it was the most beautiful scene i've ever seen kate i thought he just blew up kuz's lap he goes back for more he goes back so many times. I'm so confused about it because there was one pipe scene where he's blowing up biochemicals. Now he's going back to the community college. This is the one he infiltrated before. Okay. Now he's going back to explode okay. it. <laughs> Fucking brain, man. And he just blows it up. We get, we get more bad CGI explosions. Cut to Kuz's home. <laughs> what the fuck was this? Why 
why was this scene in no, here? This is the perfect scene. This is the perfect scene. We get the fairy fading in. The fucker hooker fairy. And <laughs> this is some cross promotion. They're in a home theater. I'm sure it's Neil Breen's home theater. It's it's hundred percent. He's got the frame picture of the, the Mila Jovovich ultraviolet yep. movie. Yep. <laughs> All the movies have a frame picture of ultraviolet. Ultraviolet. And on the screen is another Breen movie. Was it the other Breen movie you've seen? It is. That's the other one I've seen. And I loved it because his hair was flapping in the wind in that scene, too. So that's how I know he's really into seeing his hair in the wind. I guess that was her only job in life was to put this movie on because she disappears except for those classy spike shoes filled with giant diamonds. So this fairy was made of diamonds. I guess. I don't know. Anyways, our director, Hillary Clinton, catches up with Cade, and they're in that uh, movie theater lecture hall again, and I couldn't tell what this conversation was. It wasn't a conversation. It was a dialogue. Who's she talking about? He'll be back. Glad he's on our side. So I guess she was talking about Cade. Yeah, she's talking about Cade. Had to be. Okay. Yeah. Even though he's crushed by Alana's betrayal, he's still dedicated to the job. He'll be back. And then we get a uh, a view of Cuz, and he's like Coos. packing up all of his things. Or Cuz, excuse yeah. me. And he's packing up all the. Yeah, I wrote it as Cuz. <laughs> he's packing up all of his things, and it's like, oh, okay, so he's bailing out of this too. Yeah, like he really did win all oh, everything. All he had to do was blow up a couple things, and it was just over. So Cade returns home to Alana. This is our victory. He's going to do his victory lap. He's going to kiss her on the forehead, and he's going to go have a peaceful sleep. Maybe eat a hot dog. Another awkward fucking scene. It's like, God, everything's like in underwater, how slow like his moves are. Molasses, yeah. So he's talking to her, like reminiscing about their love, great love, and he turns his back on her. And that's her <laughs> time where she pulls out her gun, holds it to his back for about five minutes while he does nothing. While he slowly, like, <laughs> it's so obvious, he's pulling a gun out of the front of his... He learned this one from Willie Dynamite. He goes into his trunks and pulls out his Derringer, turns around, doesn't even have his finger on the trigger. He's got it held up with index finger and thumb, and he's just like, I believe the tables have evened out. Yeah, so now we get like a standoff. They're facing each other. And then they, I think they shoot each other. I thought they did too, but he does not seem to be phased. But, but he's, he's superhuman. He's superhuman. He's, he's humanoid. He's more human than a human. So he, she tells him, I'm sorry, it was only business. Only business. I'm sorry, you wanted to take that one. <laughs> only business? You are breaking my heart. Oh, that wasn't a break. <laughs> That's, that's, it's getting too late, and we've hard breened it. Yeah, that's Breen's heart is broken, and yep. then he he kisses her one last time on the forehead, puts a hot dog in her mouth, and closes it. Good night, Irene. Cade's back, and he goes. He goes to a safe place, which is Kale's is the torture den. Kale's is the the magical forest. Yeah, and he's crying, and he's like, Kale, what? I miss you. What became of why? You know, he's just—he's like, why did I let this happen? You're—you're you're half of me, right? And we see—I think we see Kale too, like shedding a tear. Yeah, we do. We get like we get the old photo where we just see like the hologram of their faces crossing the screen. They both have tears in their eyes, and it's like, okay, brother love is the only love that matters in this world. And they're 
eating hot yeah. dogs. And while we're seeing all that love and shit, heartless Hillary is like, take care of that body over at uh, at uh, Kale, Cade's place. Hope he okay. We'll get him on a mission next week. It will be good for his brain. So we cut to the uh, the uh, torture den. All the people are dead. Justice has been served. Yeah, Kale uh, going hard about his his own type of justice. Pulls up his hoodie, walks off. Coot now, apparently, so he said, I think what he's implying is he killed Coos. That's the justice being served. Because the next scene is a bloody hand pawing at those, that that giant martini glass full of giant diamonds. Yeah. He says, pawing it. And then I think we did get a cut of the fucking, uh, the the cat statues. They all turn away from him. Oh, my. So they were the they were controlling coups. Maybe. Look, all I know is we're about to get to some heavy shit in a minute here. We probably ruined it earlier, but we're about to get to some heavy shit because everybody's forgotten it. I know I forgot it. And we're going back to the magic force. We got the soft piano playing. We got an alien head bobbing around in the background. It's just like an alien head floating next to Cade. Cade actually turns and kind of like, it looks like he's acknowledging it and they like nod so at is each that, other. So is that, and then we're all the way back to the beginning. Are there aliens? Is yes. it aliens that do yes, this? Yes, 100%. And he's just walking through the forest and God, it's such a Tim and Eric effect where he's like pumping his arms and legs and trying to really look like he's walking. And Alana's there. The spirit of Alana. They embrace, they hug. She She lets him kiss her on the forehead. And then she starts disappearing. I will love you for all eternity. But, Murray, she just pulled a gun on him and told him, I'm sorry, this was business. <laughs> so, wait, is this just... Still love him. <laughs> business before pleasure, Griff. <coughs> I'm dead. This movie killed me because she didn't love him. That was the point. Wasn't that what she was trying to tell him? I didn't love you. And now in Breen's fantasy world, she's saying, I loved you. Well, that's the thing. This is a figment of his imagination. He, he's wanting to believe that's what it was. Right. So even yeah. super synthetic technology can be fooled. Well, no. It, what it says is no matter how advanced we are, we still delude fall, ourselves. Yeah, we fall prey to human emotion. So right. it doesn't matter that he's got synthetic computer brain. The human side of him is going gonna, is gonna to put anything in the way to avoid the tragedy of knowing that whoever the, – the woman he was dating for two months who he tried to sexually assault and fell in love with. And well, that was her kink. I mean, come on. How long were they together? I don't know. That's a good question. Neil Breen, I'd like to ask you that question as well. And now, like every Neil Brain movie, we end with an inspirational speech slash warning. And E.T. fucking cameo. Yes, he does. <laughs> he, he does rip off E.T. If you notice, he does uh, pause that frame to do the light on his finger. Yeah, he points to his fucking heart and goes, I will be here always. Anyways, do the whole speech. We live for something bigger than ourselves. He lingers a little bit, and he goes, everyone has the right to love, to be loved. I'll be right here. And that's where he points to his heart. And his finger does light up. It does. 
And then we get Kate Altair will return. Woo! We got a fucking another brain well, movie. Well, I don't know. That was four years ago. We might, might never get another. Brain. Wasn't it 2019? 2018, I think. 2018. Well, out. COVID, it probably knocked yeah, him off true. his schedule too. Fucked up Vegas, yeah. Yeah. So I'm excited. I can't wait. Again, I said earlier, Danzig and Neil Breen. Those are my writer directors. Favorite auteurs. Yep. I want. I want to see more from these guys. I'm very excited. Well, I'm excited for next week. First are you trying to all, say the snowball is just going to get bigger? It's it's March more madness. Of course, it's going to get bigger. Okay. First of all, I want to tell you, Sunday, check out the tippy tap on Kojak. Come for Kojak. Stay for the Saganaki cock block. Oh. That's all I'm going to say about that. Oh, okay. Oh, now, yeah. <laughs> now that, oh, yeah. Now that we've just blown our mind, we need something. We need a, a client. We need this some dumb fun for the next movie, Griff. We, we've, we've. It's been too deep. We need to just like decompress. I agree with this. So, and hey, by the way, this is our birthday episode, people. Griff and I have the same birthday. It's a actually. You should be listening to this on Wednesday, so Friday's our birthday. And we, you can send all your gifts to the G and G Compound. Yeah, that's right. Say care of Mattingly. He'll take care of it. It's true. Send your well wishes on the Twitter, on the Instagram, on the YouTube's. But this movie. It's a classic. Like I said, it's going to be classics from here on out. I like it. Such a classic. You probably, you've probably heard this phrase before. Listeners, come out and play. <laughs> That's right. It's the classic movie, Warriors. Tune in next week for that. You're going to find out what gang Griff and I would join if we were in the Warriors world mm. and what gang we would create if oh, we were in the Warriors world. Mine's too obvious, but we'll still have fun with that. But the one I'll create. Orphans, right? Huh? No. <laughs> the baseball one. Oh, okay. Of course. Come on. Well, pay- you, just, you just killed it. You just told it. Well, tune in for mine, then, because yeah. Griff already, already well, gave Well, you got it. too excited, then I got excited. Yeah, all right. Well, Look, so, my brain is a sponge. We just didn't your brain. So next week, it's our birthday, but you're getting the gift of Warriors. So see you next week and keep it warm.